This week's episode of the Jones Report is presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. We want to be your partner. OAGKS.com, O'ConnorAdvisorGroup.com for the best financial planning around with O'Connor Advisory Group's own Brian O'Connor. You can reach out to Bo at 785-856-0720. That's 856-0720 to schedule an appointment today. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Joe's Sports Tyler Joe's Show. We're so glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Uncle Joe, Joe Scanlon, from the BO Boys podcast, as we'll get his insights on the Texas Longhorns in their pursuit of a Big 12 title and also a spot in the college football playoff. We'll get his thoughts on everything going on with the Horns in Austin coming up in just a few moments from right now. Plus, we will have our Big 12 breakdown with a comprehensive look around the Big 12. Also, take a look around the National Football League as well. Our Tom Fulbury story of the week as well. Coming up all in just a matter of moments right here on this edition of Jonesport. Thomas Bridges joins me right now. Tom, getting ready for the Thanksgiving holiday. I got to say, this is my favorite holiday. A little bummed I'm not going to make it home this year, but uh, I do have some NFL duties uh, to attend to on Thursday night with that uh, Seahawks-Niners game. But nonetheless, Tom, uh, Thanksgiving, my favorite day of the year. Where does it stack up for you among the top holidays? Your favorite day of the year is Thanksgiving? Oh, no, 100%. Really? See, I, I like the football aspect of it, but not – a huge fan of the food honestly like the traditional food i love the food i love the desserts i love the football and it's over with after a day like the christmas season drags on way too long you have to worry about gifts and all that stuff like thanksgiving's simple man i, I like it simple yeah i mean i can see that i'm more of a you know i like i like the uh I like seeing fam. Well, I say seeing family, even though I'm not coming home, um, and I'm down here in San Antonio all alone. But you like that rhyme? But um, you know what? I'm like Thanksgiving. I I think it's second rate to Christmas. I'm not a big Christmas music fan. I think that Christmas bef- music before Thanksgiving or before Thanksgiving is a sin. Anybody that puts up their tree before Thanksgiving uh is a sinner um you know i might get some flack from that but uh never have been that like let me put up the tree before thanksgiving or let me decorate for christmas way early uh never been never been a fan of that but i used uh, to be that way tom but as i've gotten older i'm like people do whatever you want live your life you know if you want to listen to christmas music knock yourself out if you want to de- decorate ahead of time like you do you i mean that's that's true i okay i respect that i just don't don't force christmas music on me in the grocery store before december 1st <laughs> like mariah it's carey it. have you seen the mariah carey memes of like her thawing yeah the funniest part is like when they start selling the stuff way in advance. Like I was at Target a while back and saw uh, Christmas decorations and everything on sale before Halloween even got here. I mean, yeah, it's like Hobby Lobby. Like you see the Christmas cookies out on November 1st, get out of here. <laughs> like if you have Christmas cookies and like Christmas candy out, well, okay, 
Christmas candy is different because that's the next main. But like, don't don't be putting out freaking Christmas cookies on before my birthday on November sixth. Yeah. Absolutely not. That's uh, I mean that's where I draw the line. Like, if you want to listen to Christmas music in the car, be my guest. But it better not be it better not be on the grocery store things, Jones. I like food as much as you do. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, you know, I like the dark meat of the turkey. Uh, or like, what what are you making on Thanksgiving? Like, if you're in charge of the cooking. Oh well, that would be a mistake by whoever made that call. If I'm in charge, of are, you, are you not a cook? I uh, I'm very limited. Like, you know, I'll, I'll do the green bean casserole, but. Oh, no. I mean, don't make me responsible for cooking Thanksgiving because I'll be I'll be a deer in headlights. Like th- th- that would be that'd be too much to put on me. Like I I couldn't pull all that off. But what do you what do you, what do you make then? Oh, I won't get too much of a tangent. So if you had to pick one thing for Thanksgiving that's a must-have, traditional or non-traditional, what are you picking? Oh, I'm picking the dressing. Really, the dressing that's is your- great. And that's your must-have. That's my must-have, and and I'm not talking stuffing. I'm talking dressing, which is two different things, by the way. Um, I gotta have the dressing. It's got to be done with the biscuits, uh, you know, as the the texture, and that's a that's a key element to the uh, the Thanksgiving for me. Now, I'll say this. I'm not going home this year because I mentioned I have uh, I have NFL obligations to attend to, but I got to say, Tom, my you know my my family back home. I I'll be honest, like I'm not I'm not too upset that I'm missing Thanksgiving this year because they're going to my grandparents are hosting at their church, and there's not going to be any TVs there. My my grandmother she's not listening, so I'll say it anyway. Her stuffing isn't very good. Uh, you know, compared to my mom's dressing that she makes, and like at the church, they're not going to be drinking either. So I wouldn't get my mom's good dressing. I'd settle for my my grandma's bad stuffing. There'd be no TVs there, and I couldn't drink. Like I, I, I'm I'm out on all that. Like I I don't feel like I'm missing anything. No, I don't blame you. I think uh, I think that's fair. The yeah. the the no football thing. You know, obviously, at a church function, you're not going to drink, right? I, I understand that. That's fine. Even though I could conscribe and go to a church, that would be down for having a couple beers. I would I would sign up for that. I, I feel like a church, though, function, having a couple of beers or whatever, would be akin to, like, a gym hosting a pizza party. Yeah. But I'm still down for that, you know? I, everything in moderation. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't have a I don't have a problem um with with saying that, but you know, at the same time it's like, okay, no, I can get past the no beer at a church function, that's fine. The no TVs, no football, like that's not a sin. Well, it's not that they're opposed to anything, they just don't have TVs there. Well, listen, I got a couple TVs. We can get this thing figured out. Right. Yeah, I mean I just think it's a must that, you know, I, I like to be 
comfortable on Thanksgiving too, Tom. Like, put me in a hoodie and some sweatpants. Let me relax in the recliner and enjoy Thanksgiving that way. I I don't need to dress up and be formal and all that. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. And you don't you don't necessarily want to be around with the people. Some of the people you don't really know, right? I, I get that. I think Jones. So I'm going to be on my own this Thanksgiving for the first time, and maybe forever. You're not going to like coworkers' house or something? No, no. So I don't. I don't like. So my my cousin actually lives here. Uh, my second cousin lives here, and we're pretty close. But other than that, um, I think she went back to Bartlesville for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I don't necessarily mind being here because it kind of, you know, with no pet, no girlfriend, no anything like that, no family down here, it allows me to kind of make my own traditions. Sure. And so I don't necessarily mind that too much, but Jones, here's what I'm making. We talk about traditional foods. I'm not a traditional, I don't like turkey. I don't mind like a, a deli meat turkey sandwich with like some cheese and, uh, you know, mustard and things like that. I can get down with that. But a, a traditional turkey, absolutely not. What's wrong with turkey? I've just never been a fan. I think it's too dry. I don't mind ham. But, you know, since it's like, okay, this is Thomas's Thanksgiving. If, if here's what I'm doing. If turkey's too dry, then you're not cooking it right. Well, I'm. You're the person that said you don't cook. Uh, but I know how. I, I I can still be a judge. Like just because I can't, uh, I can't play doesn't mean I can't coach. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. So you're back. You're a backseat driver, cook. I'm I'm Bill Self, not Hunter Dickinson. Fair. I see. I like to think I'm a pretty good cook. I've never tried to to make a turkey. So maybe maybe my turkey would be fire. Yeah. Maybe my turkey would be awesome off the chain. Here's what I'm making uh, tomorrow. I got an HEB order as the time we're recording this. It comes in at about 6.30. Um, and I am making a pork loin that is kind of like a uh, – it'll end up being pulled pork. I'm – First time ever. I'm not a I'm a cook. I'm not a baker. I'm I'm from scratch making two cheesecakes. Okay. And um I am like I'm obviously I mean it's a salad, you don't really I mean I'm making my own Caesar salad. Um, but then I'm making my own Tom favorite, not Andy Reed Mac, Thomas Bridges mac and cheese. Right. So, and that's obviously it sounds horrible because it's all for me, but uh, smaller portions to be fair. Okay. So, excited for that. I don't, Jones, one Thanksgiving, I'll, I'll, I've tried the turkey before. I want out of you one Thanksgiving dish that you don't fuck with. I don't fuck with green bean casserole whatsoever uh again like just like the turkey like you just haven't had it right then you know i mean it's, no no i refuse there's I'm, i don't i don't do it. it looks like 
it looks like brain matter that's been eaten and thrown up. It's really not that complicated. It's just green beans, cheese, and fried onions, you know, like no, it looks like gray matter. It looks horrible. It's fine. Uh, I do not touch cranberry sauce. It's really just like cranberry jelly. I don't like cranberry jelly either. Do you like cranberry juice? No. Well, I actually, no, I do like cranberry juice. Yes. I mean, uh, like a vodka cran. I do like cranberry juice, but I don't like cranberry sauce. I don't like cranberry jelly. Um, no, I, I, I cranberry sauce is useless for me. See, I feel like Thanksgiving is this is why I don't this is why it's not my favorite day of the year. A lot of the foods I don't necessarily enjoy. Um, and everybody at Thanksgiving just happens to think that you should mix food. I'm not about combining food. Like people do the green beans and mashed potatoes and corn and chicken. No, don't we're not doing that. So so Breakfast you're the weirdo that doesn't like your food to be touching. No, and some of it. Breakfast food is fine. Like if you do hash browns, gravy, biscuits and gravy, um, eggs, all that can mix together wonderfully. Like I don't need my shit in a blender. Like everything has its own place. I think there's certain Are... things that you mix up well, like, you know, turkey with the dressing or... You know, the mashed potatoes with a little turkey, you know, stuff like that. Like there's, you pick and choose your spots, just like a shooter on the floor tries to find, you know, wh where it fits for him to take that open jumper. Yeah. Okay. Last question on Thanksgiving. What's your, and it doesn't matter, like, what's your favorite thing on Thanksgiving? Like, what's your favorite must have? Like, not must have, but like, if you had to cook it or if you could eat it every day of the year, what's your favorite, like, need to have Thanksgiving? Oh, it'd be, it'd be dressing, definitely. Uh, it would be dressing. Still, um, dressing, yes. I would, I, I would eat that year round, absolutely. Really? Yes. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I would touch dressing year round. Mine's got to be like rolls, like homemade rolls. That's something rolls you have. Your, homemade rolls, is something you do have year round, though. I guess that's true, but I. I guess it would be incomplete to me without rolls that Thanksgiving would be. Yeah, I mean, that, that's something you have all the time, though. Like, I, I you know, go to a nice dinner and there's rolls there. You know, I go to Texas Roadhouse and there's rolls. And they're the best. Yeah. That's cinnamon butter at Texas Roadhouse? Is that a, like, would you, are you opposed to, like, ordering rolls from Texas Roadhouse if they're not? Like, are you like that's another thing? Are you opposed to? Are you opposed to like what? catering? No, no, not opposed to catering at all. No. Yeah. Last question. Last question here for you too, Jones. You said they don't trust you to make Thanksgiving. Um, what what's your signature dish? It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. What do you cook well that you think you're like? Yeah. I can whip this up and I'm good. Um, you know, it's uh you know, it's green bean casserole for Thanksgiving and then Christmas usually uh I make like a orange sherbet vodka punch. Okay, I need to try that. Yeah, a lot of Tito's. A lot of Tito's. Austin's I can fun. get I can get down with that. Um the key though because of it like 
there's not going to be any leftover over it because the that sherbet's going to melt. Like you got to drink it all that night. Yeah, you can't save it. Right, right. So you're getting the whole family drunk. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're going all in that night. Nonetheless, uh, we'll move on. Let's uh, go around the National Football League. Uh, we'll talk more coming up uh, in a bit. But I want to begin, Tom, with the Philadelphia Eagles with that win they had against Kansas City on Sunday night on a Monday night. And the way that this this Eagles team performed, they looked so good all the way around. Uh, I got to say, first off, Jason Kelly getting Jason Kelsey getting all the uh, the highlight package and all that. Like, have we gotten to that point of absurdity that we're giving offensive linemen their own highlight packages just because he's somehow related to Taylor Swift somehow? Like, that's how absurd this has gotten. But nonetheless, Jason Kelsey, very good football player. Um, is it because sexiest man alive? Yeah, is that it too? Like, would he have been sexiest man alive had his brother not been dating uh, Taylor Swift? Probably not. I mean, because they couldn't have given it to Taylor. They couldn't have given it to to Travis Kelsey, right? Uh, I mean, that would have been too obvious. But the way the Eagles are playing, Jalen Hurts looked incredible. That defense looked so good. They only have one loss on the season. Going on the road in the rain, the weather, and all that, the Eagles cemented their place. They are the best team in the National Football League, and everyone else is fighting for second right now. That could change down the road. I don't think the Chiefs are too far off uh, from Philadelphia, but they, I, I thought they sent a message to the rest of the National Football League that it's it's the Eagles and it's everybody else right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's you know with with how they were able to to you know one come back in the second half where it looked it looked there for a while like the Chiefs might get her done and not run away with it but commanded in the first half the Eagles were able to come out handle biz and they never got discouraged right and I thought I thought that made the difference um, I mean the defense played relatively well um, granted. You know, if if whatever happens this offseason, if the Chiefs run it back or however you go, however you want to do it, the Chiefs must draft a wide receiver. Oh my goodness. We'll get to the Chiefs here in just a second. But yeah, the the Eagles, you look at that team, the way that they're just so well rounded top. I know Jalen and you know now Jason Kelsey get the attention, but I mean Kevin Byard, who they traded for a couple weeks ago, looked great. Jalen Carter's coming along. That receiving core with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, I mean, I, I don't know if there is a weakness with that Eagles team. I mean, the one weakness they had was the safety spot, and that's been addressed with that addition to Kevin Byard, and he's already making a difference. I mean, yeah, and DeAndre Swift has looked incredible. He, you know, he looks like a faster Derrick Henry, um, the way he runs, as aggressive as he is. Uh, he's been incredible, um, not only for the Eagles, but for my fantasy team as well. Um, but, I mean, realistically, like, they're they're pretty much set at every position. I don't know. You know, they have, uh, you know, Goddard is out and been hurt, so maybe a little lacking at the tight end. But, like, when you're set at every other position, um, you know, you can't be mad. Like, they're still getting it done. Uh, they have an offensive line that literally coined an error 
in the tush push, like there's no way that you know that team can long be live the tush there. push. By the way, I know people are wanting to see it canceled and banned and all that. Like if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep on with the tush push. More power to the Eagles for doing what they do. You mentioned the Chiefs, and man, that receiving court is just ass cheeks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes deserves better than that receiving core he's got. Travis didn't play good the other night, first off, but we don't see that too often. Um, you know, MVS had that big drop. We saw, uh, you know, a, a number of guys just just fall apart for this this Chiefs team. And, you know, it's it, the sad reality, Tom, is that Rasheed Rice is without question the Seahawks' best receiver. He's their wide receiver one. But – as good as he may be, and he's come along, had a nice rookie year and everything, in no, no way should Rasheed Rice be the number one wide receiver for the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs here. I mean, it, it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, shame on Brett Veach and Andy Reid for not having better weapons around uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I know some people are going to point to, well, you know, they should have kept Juju or they should have kept Tyreek Hill and all that. It's not even that for me. I mean, because... Tyreek Hill, the 30-plus million he would have required, they won a Super Bowl without him. So it's not necessarily that they needed Tyreek. And it's not like Juju's playing good for New England either. He's having a very down year himself. So it, two things can be true. You can say that the Chiefs in this team should have invested better at the receiver position, but that doesn't necessarily meant it had to be Tyreek Hill or Juju Smith-Schuster either. No, and you know, they they – Go out and, you know, MVS in the offseason, okay, sure. I mean, he did well for Green Bay or decently enough. Imagine this team with, like, Alan Lazard instead, which Alan Lazard got – he was rolling with Aaron Rodgers. But if you want to take, you know, those Green Bay Packer or, wide receivers. Or even just think, and, let's say, let's even take back a couple weeks ago. If they would have made a trade, the day, trade deadline for a guy like – that they could have given up not a ton for, like a Marquise Brown or Adam Thielen. I mean... Or Thielen would kill. That would have made all the difference in the world right now. That and, and you know, they trade back and they, you know, it's McCole Hardman and he doesn't do shit. Um, I mean, I get you like a, a kind of like a, not a, you could call it a program guy, but... I mean, he, he's never even on the same page with Mahomes. He's running the wrong route half the time. I mean, and that's why I think there's a reason that he, he was getting rid of. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's a mess there in Kansas City. And now you take on the Raiders and you know, we'll see where they go from here. But the Eagles look really good. Uh this weekend, these Thanksgiving matchups, Tom, I, I gotta start with the Lions. I know this is typically the Dallas Cowboys annual holiday, Thanksgiving. But the Detroit Lions, for the first time in in 30-plus years, come into a Thanksgiving where they have eight wins on the season, where they're favored, they're first in the division, second-best record in the NFC. I mean, the vibes are immaculate for the Detroit Lions. But... I got to say, I know their favorite take on Green Bay and everything. Wouldn't it be so on brand for everything to be right for the Lions and they find a way to still lose the Packers on Thanksgiving here? 
Uh, yeah, and, and you know, as good as the Packers are or have been, I would say, I I'm not ruling that out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, stranger things could happen. Yeah. Uh, credit to Dan Campbell and company uh, for, for the job he's done, sitting there at eight and two, the way that uh, Jared Goff has played. Um, I mean, you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the NFC, Tom. You start with Jalen Hurts, and then after that, Jared Goff, I mean, uh, of quarterbacks that are healthy right now because Cousins is out of the equation and everything. I mean, we it might not be a stretch to say Jared Goff could be the second best quarterback in the NFC right now. I mean, I, I would take him over Dak. You would, no question. I don't. I don't know that I'd take him over Dak Prescott. Really? No, Dak. I mean, Dak has had some good games. He's had some bad games as well. But knowing what I know about Jared Goff, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Uh, Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. What's Dak done? I mean, that's true, but uh, I think Dak would do a little bit better in the Super Bowl than Jared Goff did. But I I think going back to that Stafford-Goff trade, that was one of the more equal trades that could have ever happened in the NFL. Yeah, because I I don't know if the Rams would have won that Super Bowl with Goff. Yeah, no, see, that's what I'm saying, but it did wonders for the Lions too because it let them move on for staff from Stafford without getting completely fucked. Um, and then Goff has has become a better quarterback on the Lions. And and they bought time too. Like they're going to have Goff as long as they want until they're ready to go find their younger quarterback. Right. I mean, he was. I would even call him a transition quarterback. To be honest, I would. Uh, I mean, I. I think I think he fit the Lions timeline a lot better than Matt Stafford did. Oh, no question. No question. Um, Cowboys taking on the commies. Such a great rivalry. I love it when these two teams face on, on Thanksgiving uh over the years. Dolly Parton's gonna be in the house. She's doing the halftime show. Um this is this should be the Cowboys' day. The, the, the Commies are are not that good of a football team. Sam Howell has had a really good year. Eric Bieniemy has done a really good job as OC, but that's about the only bright spot. That defense has been atrocious, despite all the talent they have here. It, it, if the Cowboys do what they're supposed to do, th- this game might not be close, Tom. Yeah, probably not. And and you know, outside of Sam Howell, the Commies not so hot. Not at all. Not at all. Um, Seahawks and Niners Thursday night from Lumenfield in Seattle. Uh, the Niners look back like they're back to form of what they were a couple weeks ago, uh, the way that they played within the last few weeks. Meanwhile, Seattle loses a game. They had no business losing against the Rams last week. They had two games in a row against the Commanders and the Browns where they won those games and didn't look that impressive in those performances there. I- I'm looking at this, Tom. I think Seattle needs this game a whole lot more than San Francisco does. San Fran, if you win this, you're probably going to lock up the division title. Seattle needs this just to keep momentum and just to keep up with the Niners in that division here. A lot more pressure, I feel, on this Seahawks team than there is the Niners going into Thursday. 
Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, for the Seahawks, you come off of, uh, against uh, a loss against the Rams, which you can say what you want. They call it, you know, call it a bad loss. I don't think it is. I think the Rams are just, you know, maybe not a better team all over, but, uh, you know, they're a division rival and, and, you know, it was at Rams. The game was close. Seattle had chances to win. Seattle shot themselves in the foot more than they really should have. Um, but, I mean, yeah, depending on what Geno looks like and, and depending on how things go, um, you know, if Seattle was to have the start of the season that they had and then to build off last year then not make the playoffs somehow, um, I mean, at that point, I think you maybe – start figuring different things out on a rebuild. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if this Seattle team doesn't make the playoffs, they might be trying to find a different coach. I mean, I mean, Pete Carroll's old, you know, how, you know, my jokes about Pete Carroll. Right. Right. I mean, and, and I think like, how long does Pete Carroll really have to like Pete Carroll's not going to go through a rebuild. Yeah. I mean, this was already supposed to be their rebuild. And Gino end up playing a lot better than expected. Yeah. So we'll see a uh, very interesting game. No doubt about it. They are coming up on Thursday, Friday, the dolphins taking on the jets. Zach Wilson has officially been benched and he is the uh, third string quarterback. Now uh, there in, uh, in New York. And now we see, the Jets turned their attention to Tim Boyle, uh, former Eastern Kentucky quarterback. He's got some of the worst statistics you've ever seen. Tom could probably play quarterback better than Tim Boyle could. Uh, the game is on the road, but, Tom, there, there's something about this Jets team. They have given these high-powered offenses a lot of problems. That Jets defense is a great defense. Their offense just isn't worth shit. Um if the Jets can find a way to keep it close, they got a shot in this football game here. On paper, the Dolphins are a much better team, but that Jets team has shown the ability to keep them in games. Yeah, and the Dolphins have some issues in running back. They still have Raheem Mostart, who has been good. Um, they did have A-Chain that was really good, and he got banged up again in his first game back. Um you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets keep it close. I would be shocked if they pull out the win. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, for the Jets, I, I think they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, sure. Because, I mean, if they don't keep their playoff hopes alive, I don't think Aaron Rodgers comes back this season. Yeah, no, no, no. There'd be no reason for Rodgers to come back if they're not in playoff contention um, this year. But, yeah, we'll see. Should be a very uh, fun game there. Meanwhile, the uh, I want to get this into the Sunday slate here, talk about some headlines. The Bengals take on the Steelers this week. Joe Burrow's out for the year. They're at 5-5. Five and five. Tom, what a, what a disaster. They, they, they now go to this, this Browning guy, uh, you know, the former quarterback from Washington, Jake Browning, who's been a practice squad player for about four-plus years. And, you know, they, they lose the Ravens like they did last week. You take on the Steelers this week. You're at five and five. The Bengals, what a disappointment. I mean, we have spent a lot of time in this show talking about the failure that is the Buffalo Bills, but 
what the hell happened to the Cincinnati Bengals this year? What I mean, you talk about how much the body have fallen here. The Bengals probably not going to be a playoff team at this point. I think that Burrow injury probably saved Zach Taylor's job. Yeah. Uh, because they're not going to they're not going to fuck around with Burrow like they fucked around with with Carson Palmer and and uh, Andy Dalton. It's you know they understand what they have. I think the upper management does, um, and they're not just going to Marvin Lewis Zach Taylor, right? Because they they won a championship. They could have had one. Maybe not could have had one. They've been to one. They know what they have. They have a. a I would almost. I would almost say the the best receiving corps in the NFL. Oh yeah, question they, they, um, they do. I mean, uh, and they they're probably not going to have T. Higgins back next year. Sounds like they can't afford him. Um, and so then you get Joe Burrow healthy by next year. There's going to be some decisions to be made there in that Bengals organization. And these next few weeks are going to be telling to see how they look without Joe Burrow here. They take on the Steelers, who just fired their OC, Matt Canada. Matt Canada was the worst OC in the NFL, did a horrible job. The Steelers were still winning games, despite how bad that offense was. They're 6-4. and four. Tom, now the, the, I think the pressure cooker turns to Kenny Pickett here to see what Kenny Pickett can bring to the table, because you got rid of the OC now. Now you don't have that excuse. Up to Kenny Pickett to see if he's, uh, if he's got what it takes, because if he doesn't, then the Steelers – could very well be in the quarterback market this next offseason. I mean, I think they think about it anyway. I mean, who? I mean, receiver-wise, the running back set, you have Najee Harris, who hasn't played really that great. But then you have a surprise kind of in j- how good Jalen Warren's been. Right. So you're set there. I feel like the Steelers always keep that, that nose-to-the-grindstone mentality that works for running back forward type right. team. Kind of like a, a better Titans, especially now that Ben Roethlisberger's done. But at the same time, you have George Pickens. Um, and off the top, Jones, just sitting here on a a Wednesday afternoon, I don't know if I can – I feel bad thinking about this. I don't know if I can name another competent Pittsburgh wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have Pat Fryermuth, Fryermuth, who hasn't been shit even when he's healthy. I mean, you don't really have Johnson you have there, but he's probably not coming back next year. I mean, you have Pickens, who I think could be a franchise type wide receiver, and and Allen Robinson has been just terrible for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I forget about Allen Robinson. He didn't do anything with the Rams. Rams didn't give him a whole lot of opportunity, but. I mean, still, he didn't do anything with the Bears either. I mean, he's stealing a paycheck uh, at this point. Yeah, he is. So, we'll see where the Steelers go from here. Um, Some other uh, notable matchups this week. Uh, Patriots taking on the Giants. Um, Tom? Well, that's a bar burner. Yeah. uh, You want to know what the over-under is in that game? Uh, I'm going to guess 32. 34.5. I mean, yeah, give me Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito and the G-Men. Against he's the new Brock Purdy. He's the East Coast Brock Purdy. Stop. Stop that. Uh, East Coast Brock Purdy. No. You, that, that's blasphemy. How dare you? The Italian, the Italian Purd. That is blasphemy. Bill Belichick 
coming off a bye week. We don't know if they're going to play Mac Jones or not. Could be Bailey Zappi. Um, we already heard the rumblings that the commanders and a couple other teams are interested in hiring Belichick here. If, if the Patriots don't come out of this bye with a wake-up call and play better football here, we might see Belichick get that pink slip delivered by Monday. I think if he was to get – I don't know that they – I think he's in the same realm of Popovich that I don't think they could – But don't, I don't you think have to see what Gerard Mayo brings to the table? Because he's one of your coaching candidates. Don't you have to give him a shot as your interim to see if he's the guy or not? Well, I think you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even last week. I mean, fuck around and hire Mike Rabel. I mean, even though – but still, though, like, if – if Gerard Mayo is one of your coaching candidates, like people say he is, don't you have to get rid of Belichick to give him a shot to see if he's the guy? I mean, sure you do, but I, it, it can't be public. Like, I think at that point they would just say, hey, listen, Belichick, we'll keep this under wraps. We're not firing you, but you're old and you've done everything that you need to do. There's nothing more that you have to prove. Uh, you know, you're, you're see that's that's the whole PR spin and all that. Like, eventually, this is a business, and Gerard Mayo, if he's a serious coaching candidate, deserves a shot. Like, he's got to be interim and see if he he's the guy or not. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I, I think they would let Bill. I I think Belichick is one of those guys that says, if I'm not coaching the Patriots, I'm not coaching anybody. Oh, uh, I, I I disagree. He. He almost left for the Giants just a couple years ago. I think I think he'd hang it up. Unless he wanted to do like Brady did and get like a, a revenge tour. I, I think if there's a job he likes that he's interested in, that he, he could still coach somewhere, that he'd still try to coach somewhere. I mean, yeah. But I, we'll see. That would be- I, I'm not ruling out that this could be the last game Bill Belichick coaches in New England. Um, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Some uh, some other games to uh, look at this week. Uh, we mentioned the uh, Eagles earlier, and they take on the Bills here. Bills are at six and five. I want to talk about the Bills here for a second. Man, Tom, like you lose this one, you fall to six and six. The Bills are in a position. You know, if you compare them to the Bengals, for example, they don't have the injury excuse that the Bengals do here. You lose this one, you fall six and six, you're in trouble. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. There, there, there might be no point of return at that point. And yeah, does that mean Bill Burr gets fired? He, he He's on track to right now. I mean, I if think... If the AFC championship game, he's gone. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a lot of people think he's not that great of a coach, but I think he wouldn't struggle to get another job. I agree. Uh, be interesting to see. Obviously, you 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 kill the head of the snake first, and then you figure it out from there. Usually, it's the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, which has already happened in Buffalo. Um, and so, if that doesn't work out, then next it's it's Sean McDermott, and and I think he will get a head coaching job. And then next, you got to think all the other controversy that will end up happening in the offseason. Stephon Diggs, even though he waved off his brother's tweets, I think he wants out of Buffalo. Um, You've got, you know, Von Miller, who has been hurt 
since he showed up. He could call it. There's what Poyer. There's a couple other defensive stalwarts on that team that are pretty good that could could want out um, pretty quickly if this if this ship sinks. Oh yeah, and the Bills could go right back to mediocrity just as fast as they got to fame. I think their championship window's closed. And then if it is in two years, I don't know. Well, I don't know how long Josh Allen's deal is. If they go back to the shitter, which is a very real possibility, are we talking about maybe Josh Allen in two, three years asking for a trade or less time than that? I mean, what about less time than that? You know, like if if they decide to rebuild and everybody's gone, why would he want to stay? Where do you think he would go? I don't think that matters right now. Um, that's true. That's still a long ways to go, but. I mean, pretty much every team in the league not named Kansas City, Cincinnati, or Philly would want Josh Allen as their quarterback. That's true. I don't know what his deal's like. Uh, or Baltimore, I guess. Yeah, like there would be about, what, 27 or 28 teams that would all be interested in, in Josh Allen? Yeah. Yeah, I'd hope the Rams would put their dick on the table and offer whatever they wanted. F them picks. We want Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, F them picks. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would, I would, I would drool over that. Tom Broncos at a five and five. They've been on a bit of a win streak. Russ looks really good. Um, if it weren't for Demar Hamlin, he'd have the inside track to win comeback player of the year right now. Sean Payton, that team, they've looked much better. I mean, it wasn't too long ago they gave seventy points to the Dolphins, and they're playing much better football as of late. Um, buy or sell the Broncos? Is that a playoff team? Uh, I'm ready to lease them at least. I'm not ready, or uh, you know, I'm in the middle. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, you know, it's like buying a car. Well, do I just go ahead and lease this vehicle? I don't know. I'm not ready to outright buy them. And and to be fair, we know a, a Bron- an annoying Broncos fan, very annoying Bronco fan. And I think that leads me to believe that I'm like, well, I might, you know, I, I want to sell them. But credit to credit to the Broncos. They've it seems like after that Chiefs win, they're starting to figure shit some shit out. I think, uh, and Russell Wilson I think they're headed in the right better. direction. I think they're heading in the right direction, but the uh hole that they built that they dug themselves in is too steep. So you don't think they make a wild card? I don't think they make the playoffs right now, but I do think that they are Heading in the right direction. I think that can be true. When do they? Russell Wilson's held 34. Something like that. Yeah. When do they start the search? For his you think they start the search for, for another quarterback? Oh, I, I think Russ bought himself some time with the way he's played this year. He's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, see, that's, I mean, can, I mean, even last year there were, you know, rumors of like, okay, Broncos need to figure it out. This wasn't what, what we signed up for. I mean, at one point uh, this year they were the worst team in the NFL, and they've played much better as of late. So credit where credit's due. Uh, the Ravens, let me ask you about them. A couple more teams, then we'll uh, we'll move on here. The Ravens, 8-3, and three, they kicked ass last week against Cincinnati. Uh, Lamar looked great. 
OBJ had his best game he's had in three years. They did lose Mark Andrews for the rest of the year, though. Now you're taking the Chargers this week. A lot of people wondering, are the Ravens, and especially after the Chiefs lost too, are the Ravens the best team in the AFC, Tom? Um, I I like to think so. Um, if I if if I said it's gonna be a battle of the birds in February, would you be shocked? Um as far as being the best team in the AFC and being a Super Bowl contender, I want to see what this team looks like with Mark without Mark Andrews because it's true. He's only missed five games ever that Lamar Jackson has played in in their entire career. And I just don't know what quarterback we're going to get in Baltimore without his top target. That's that is very true. I mean, that's like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey going down. Not to say that Isaiah Lake likely won't do a decent job. And it's not to say that they don't have other wide receivers. I mean, you mentioned Odell Beckham had his one of his best games as a Raven, if not the best. Flowers has been good, but it's the comfort level. I mean, they've been in they've been one of the best quarterback receiver combos in the league in the last five years. I mean, yeah, at that point, I mean, Lamar loses his security blanket. Um, and I hate that for Mark Andrews because he's one of my favorite tight ends. He's like, uh, he's, he's, I, I'm, I don't even want to call him a great value Travis Kelsey because he's, I think he's just as good. Um, they use him a little bit different way. And, you know, Travis Kelsey obviously is the, is the prime rib of tight ends. So, uh, but if, if Travis Kelsey is the prime rib, then, uh, you know what? or maybe the tomahawk steak, then, you know, Mark Andrews is the the dry-aged ribeye. Yeah. I mean, Mark Andrews, I think he's on his way to having a Hall of Fame career at this point. Absolutely. And to lose a player like that, like, that ain't easy. And I'll say this much, Tom, they're in a much better position this year to deal with this than they were last year with the way Flowers is playing, OBJ, uh, Nelson Aguilar, even, uh, you still have Rashad Bateman there. You're not asking Isaiah likely to come in and replace Mark Andrews. It's going to be a collective effort to replace Mark Andrews. And, uh, I, I think that's going to have to be the way they go about it. Yeah. And you know what, obviously bias, I'd like to see what Tylen Wallace can really do now, um, to see if they, if they go more from like a tight end type standpoint to more of a. Let's see what we can do with this, like more of a slot receiver type thing. Um, be interesting on how they, on how they go from here. Um, I think their offense is just going to be fine. If anything, their their defense has played great, and let's say their offense takes a, a smidge of a step back, uh, they're still a great team. Right, right, no doubt. Uh, all right, uh, one more final note here: Bears and Vikings coming up on Monday Night Football. The Vikings, uh, after that great run, uh, ended up losing to the the Broncos last week. They're at six and five now. They're all in on the Josh Dobb experience. Um, I got to tell you, the Vikings team uh, it, it intrigues me. What, what what they're doing, even with the loss and all that, um, this past week. You win this one, you go to seven and five. I think you're looking at the Vikings being a playoff team here, Tom. I would not want to face the Vikings in the wild card. If I was not the number one seed, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's not the roller coaster I want to sign up for. I think Josh Dobbs, could you, 
I don't know if he can really get – you could call him – I don't know. I'm trying to think. So, NBA has most improved player. Does I'm trying to think. Does NFL have the most improved player? They, they have, have the comeback, comeback player of the year, but it sounds like that's a done deal. It's going to DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, I, I wouldn't really call Dobbs a comeback player uh, of any sorts, um, with or without DeMar Hamlin. But Josh Dobbs is one of the better stories in my mind uh, in quite some time in terms of uh, rags to riches. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think so. Pitchwell breakdown coming up next. Uh, more to come here on the Jones Report. And uh, we will uh, start now with a look around the Big 12 Conference. It is the Big 12 Breakdown. Tyler Jones, Tyler Bridges here with you with a comprehensive look around the Big 12. And as we begin each and every week, Tom, our hot takes in the conference this week. My hot take, I'm going to go with this, Tom. I'm going to go ahead and predict this right now. And this might not be an hot take for some people, but I'm going to put this out there in the universe. I believe, Tom, that if Alabama wins out, including an SEC title win over Georgia, that they are going to leapfrog Texas. Whether they rightfully should or not, I think they will leapfrog Texas in the pecking order for the college football playoff. That if it came down to it, if Alabama wins out, I would expect them to get in over Texas with the momentum, with how much better they've played as of late with a win over the number one team, I would be surprised to see an Alabama team left out in, and, uh, you know, not see in, in that scenario. I, I think that they would, the committee would give them the edge based on how we've seen the rankings, how much they, they've catered towards the SEC. I mean, Mizzou is ahead of Louisville right now with the worst record. I, I think that's the direction we're headed if that works out the way it does. Real, I mean, that's pretty hot. You're saying a Big 12 champion Texas team with one loss and a win over Alabama gets over a SEC champ that's already been beat. I guess they would only have one loss at that point as well. Okay, I can say. I mean, I think the committee, based on just you know how they've been voting and everything, and I'm not saying I agree with this. But I think the committee, if they if they have to choose, if Alabama wins out and beats Georgia, they're going to put Alabama in the playoff over Texas. So you're saying at that point it would be the winner of Michigan, Ohio State 1, Georgia 2, or maybe 3? Well, no, no, no. Alabama would jump up then. Who would be 1, Alabama? Uh, the Michigan-Ohio State winner would be 1. Uh, and then the Pac-12 champ, Washington and Oregon, would be up there. And then Florida State would be up there. And then Alabama would be up there. Because you couldn't have a rematch. Right. Not 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 one versus four, two versus three. Right. I think Georgia I – mean, I can see that. I think Georgia would probably get left out at that point, too. Georgia, you really – yeah. I would love to see I mean, man, Georgia getting left out would be something special. Um, uh, as much as I hate Texas, I would hate that for Texas a little bit. Um, just because if you take away the name, 
Uh, I think they've had a great season. They had their only loss was to OU, and it was close um, in a rivalry game in a neutral site. I mean, say what um, you want about Texas, Tom, like the brand and how annoying they are. Uh, this is actually, I, as much as I hate to admit it, one of the most likable Texas teams of my lifetime. Like, Sark is a very humble, quiet guy. I have nothing against Sark at all. Quinn Ewers is easy going. Like, you know, if if they weren't wearing burnt orange, we would not hate them. Yeah, there's not a hateable player on the team. Like, I hated Tom Ehrman. Um, who was that long-haired hippie son of a bitch? Linebacker. Oh, yes. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, piece of shit. Um, he, he's not obviously on the team. Like, he, they're, they're really – Texas is in, in in two different ways. Texas is easy to hate, and Texas is hard to hate this year. It's the jersey they wear. That's really it. And their fans, right? I mean, because I mean, there's not. They haven't had controversy. There's not been any like team arrests. Nobody beating their wife or girlfriend. That's been one of no. the ironies about Sark too. Is like he is the quietest Texas coach I've ever seen. Like I liked Mac Brown too, but he ran his mouth. Charlie was a fake tough guy. Tom Herman was an asshole. Um, like Shark just keeps to himself, you know, and and he wears those hideous windbreaker vests. I mean, he, he's he, he doesn't draw attention to himself, you know. He he's just all gas, no brakes. I mean, yeah, and he, he doesn't really you know, he's not drawing the headlines to himself. He just you know, he's pounding the rock and and getting the job done. Now, they haven't had the most convincing of wins, and I think, Jones, to your point, I think that's why they could be left out. If they were just kicking everybody's ass, uh, then, okay, then you can't leave Texas out. And unfortunately for Florida State, with the injury to Jordan Travis, that has, has uh, you know, murkied the water a little bit. Um, in terms of what's going to happen, even if Florida State finishes out, I don't think they could leave them out. But they would want no, you, to. You can't leave out an undefeated Florida State, even without George. Tra- I mean, no, they wouldn't, but they would want to. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't they would. They would want to. Jones, uh, hot take of the week here. As much as I just jacked off Texas, I need to go throw up. Here's my hot take of the week: Texas Tech on Friday upsets the Longhorns in Austin. OSU wins versus BYU, and we see the Big 12 championship get decided in terms of people who are going to play or teams are going to play in it by Farmageddon. Yeah. That's my hot take. Tech upsets Texas. OSU would need K-State to win. Um Granted that OU obviously beats TCU, but um, Texas is pretty much in no matter what, either one or two seed. That doesn't really matter. It really just depends on what side the fans are going to sit on. Um, Texas loses to Tech. OSU beats BYU, but has to either rely has to rely on K State to get the job done to get in. And if Iowa State wins, that'll be a Red River shootout. I'm going to say Texas beat Tech. Tech beats Texas. OSU beats BYU. And I like K State to be the hateful eight savior 
So uh, to get are you just picking the- that because that's what you want to happen or what you actually think is going to happen? Well, what I want to happen is to Texas to go ahead and win it versus Tech and then OSU to beat BYU. So Saturday night, I'm already looking at tickets without having to fucking watch Farmageddon in purple. <laughs> I just I just like to add a little chaos and, and stress to my already weak heart. So I I and Texas, me and Billy talked about this friend of the show, Billy Locke, talked about Texas wouldn't necessarily lose on purpose because they have a college football playoff appearance. And tell me if, if you think this is true. Um and I like to think better, but Brett Yormark kind of looks like a sneaky mobster snake that would make some things happen with money. If Texas loses to Tech, OU beats TCU, and OSU comes on top of BYU, I think to avoid a Red River shootout, Red River rivalry, whatever you want to call it, in the Big 12 Championship, I wouldn't be shocked if Brett Yormark called Matt Campbell and said, here's $250 or $250,000. Blow the game against K-State. Hey, we've seen uh, Iowa State and gambling before. So, I mean. Matt uh, Campbell just said, here's here's a quarter of a million dollars. You know, coach it, but lose to K-State. You already are in a bowl game. You're not going to make the Big 12 championship. For the hateful eight, lose this game to K-State. You know, I'll say. Would you rule that out completely? I, I think that's. It's a little out of out there, uh, but it's not entirely impossible. Uh, there has been some weird stuff going on of, you know, these tiebreaker rules and all this. And we've heard that after Friday, there will be an update to the <laughs> the tiebreaker situations, according to the league office, uh, after Friday. Uh, so that's a little weird. Officiating, of course, hasn't been that great this year. You know, I mean, there's, there's some weird stuff going on, but uh, we'll see. I, I would, I'll say this: like, I'll be surprised if stuff doesn't hold serve. Like, yeah, I'd be really shocked if Texas Texas loses. wins, OSU wins. I don't think OU's okay. losing. I don't think OSU's losing. I don't think K State's losing. I would be very surprised if any of that happens this week. But it remains to be seen. Speaking of Farmageddon, by the way, let me bring up this point real quick. Um, Tom, I, I, I got to say, we were talking about the virtual schedule release a while back. That is the longest running rivalry in all of college football now. Case and they're going to States. And it's coming to an end, the annual rivalry in 2027. Isn't that a damn shame? I hope that we get the schedule figured out and get that changed before then. But at least the way things stand right now, uh, that, 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 that's terrible to see that rivalry come to an end every year. That that they should play that every year for 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 the next hundred years. Yeah. So and that's the bad thing that that Big Twelve came out and said, "Oh, we want to protect rivalries." They protect the Holy War, um, and they protect TCU. Was it called Blue Bonnet Bowl or the Blue Bonnet? TCU uh, BYU. Yeah. Oh, well, then you actually, get, no, 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 not TCU, TCU Baylor. Yeah, Baylor. They call it the Blue Bonnet Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Robbery. Something like that. Yeah. Stupid. Named after a flower. Those flowers are pretty, but stupid. Um, but you don't want to protect Farmageddon. Like, you don't want to protect Man I Like Farming. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, we'll protect the MILF. Put that game back at Arrowhead again. That was awesome when it was there years ago. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, this year it they're planning on potential snow on the ground. Right. Is what the forecast holds. Um, and so could be an epic game. And, you know, I'm glad it, there's a couple more years at least. I think the league, I think they'll figure it out. I think. I think they'll it'll get down to it, and they'll be like, "Well, we can't not have this game," and then they'll be like, "Yeah, we got to. We'll just change some shit around real quick." Well, because it's not like it's that hard to do. It's not changing non cons. There's no contracts in place. I did hear one possibility that K State and Iowa State might end up playing each other as a non conference game to keep that rivalry streak alive. That'd be pretty cool. Um, because that'd be a big fu to the Big Twelve. Like, well. We'll just do it, you know, fuck it, we'll do it live. Right, because K-State already has uh, the Colorado game. They have to find another opponent for since Colorado is going to be in the league now. And they had a non-conference series scheduled with Colorado for that that, that 2027 year. Mm. So, we'll see. Um, Nonetheless, uh, Let's let's talk about uh, Texas real quick and that that college football playoff thing, uh, the the playoff rankings that came out this week, Tom. Um, where everything lies there: Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Washington four, Florida State five, Oregon six, Texas seven, Alabama eight, Mizzou nine, Louisville ten. Uh, I thought it was the right call to move Washington. The fourth, the leapfrog them ahead of Florida State, um, but we are very close to chaos here. I mean, we mentioned you know, just a couple losses here. I mean, you very well, Tom, could have this week. Let's say Oregon loses to Oregon State, but then beats Washington next week in the Pac-12 title game. You know, what if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship? What about? the possibility of Florida State losing to Florida or Louisville one of the next two weeks here. It's a realistic possibility. I am rooting for chaos. I I want all hell to break loose over these next two weeks. I think if it's not your team, your team doesn't have a chance uh, at least, well, at the playoff. I I don't want chaos to break loose in the Big 12 championship, obviously, because my team's involved. But if your team's not involved in any of that, if you don't root for chaos, you're a boring person. This Michigan-Ohio State game feels like an elimination game. Who are you rooting for? Can I root against both of them? Well, you can, but if you had to pick one, lesser two evils, I oh, know who I'm rooting lesser for. Lesser two evils this year is Ohio State, without question. Well, I mean, pers- personal values and things like that. I will. Who do you hate more? I hate Michigan more right now for for a number of reasons. There, yeah, there's one reason that I think we share. Well, we won't mention on the show, right, right. But we're, I'll, I'll be an Ohio State this week guy this week and this week only. Yeah, I'll be Ohio State. I mean, they're an, you know they're an OSU team, so that I mean, you know, funny enough, I have to root for them for that, but. Uh, come playoff, I will not. I don't root for Ohio State. Um, they got your favorite defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. Yeah, they do. They stole him away. Those money grubbing son of a bitches. Um, 
Or maybe OSU is just cheap. But Brian Nardo's doing a bang-up job. So, uh, you know, so I'm fine with that. But, yeah, I got to root. I got to root for – I got to root for Ohio State. Here's how I see this week playing out. I think Georgia wins. I hate to admit it, but I I think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. Um, I think Washington wins. Florida State, I think it's going to be very close to Florida, but Florida's without their quarterback as well. Both teams playing backups. I like Florida State there. And then Alabama to beat Auburn, Louisville to beat Kentucky. Um, I think things kind of hold serve this week, but we could see things get crazy for championship week next week. Yeah, let's yeah, let's hold off the chaos and you know, we can we can hold off the chaos until Chaos until, waits one week. And uh, you know, that favors my team, so I'm fine with it. I'm I'm ready for the chaos in Arlington. All right. Uh, let's go to the Big 12 slate of games this week, starting with Friday. Oklahoma and TCU. Um, final game for Dylan Gabriel. They got the Cougar Tail last week. Those donuts look really good, by the way. I, I would love to have a Cougar Tail. Um, uh, maple donuts are my favorite. That foot long and a half maple maple donut. I, I could I could have a Cougar Tail in more ways than one. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do eighteen inches of Cougar Tail, but. OU taking on a bad TCU team. No reason why Oklahoma shouldn't win this one big. I think Dylan Gabriel goes out with a nice performance in his final home game there in Norman. Is he supposed to start? They've cleared him? Uh, Good question. Uh, I believe that he is going to be back. But if not, uh, I think Jackson Arnold should be fine, too. I'm going to be at this game, too, by the way. Oh, you are going. I am going. I'm going to this game, and I might be going to Oklahoma State BYU as well. Might do a little doubleheader weekend here. You gonna be rooting for the Mormons? Oh, of course not. <laughs> uh, I like Oklahoma here. Texas taking on Texas Tech. You've already put it out in the universe. You like Texas Tech to win this game, Tom. What's it going to take for Tech to pull off the upset here? Uh, I mean, they're going to have to play mistake free. Um, they have they have Brooks, who's a pretty good running back. Doak Walker, semifinalist, not the best running back in the Big Twelve, but he's up there. Um, and so I think they're going to have to find a way to to run against this Texas team that I think has eyes on the playoff. I think I think they could catch them uh, in Austin, a little down pat. And I think they I think if they end up winning, I think it's. Uh, I think it's maybe by like four forcing Quinn Ewers to throw down the field um, for a game-winning touchdown. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I don't think uh, Brett Auburn's going to miss a game tying or a game winner for Texas. Real quick, UCF and uh, Houston. UCF trying to get bowl eligible there at home here. Uh, UCF, John Rice Plumley and company. I, I expect them to have a big day. Like they they understand the assignment here. They, they should be able to beat Houston here. Houston has nothing left to play for. They're packing it in. UCF big. OSU, BYU. BYU, they don't win games, but they play teams tough. Um, Like OU last week and some of these other teams throughout the year. Um, I know OSU is not necessarily playing their hottest right now, Tom. But if, if they can get the run game going, 
you, you you can't beat Oklahoma State when they run the football well. It's simple as that. And just the matchup here, there's no reason why LSU shouldn't be able to run the football well. I think the the point spread was way too high for this game. I think OSU wins it. I think OSU, I don't think, has beat a team besides Cincinnati by 17 all year. Um, so I don't expect them to, uh, you know, get the job done in terms of the spread. But both of these teams have something to play for. One has bowl eligibility. The other has Big 12 championship eligibility to play for. They're at home. OSU has played pretty well at home. Sands won game this year. Uh, I think OSU, for that reason alone, and and the fans knowing what's at stake. It's not an 11 a.m. kick. It's 2.30. Last 2.30 kick in Stillwater end up pretty damn good. I like this one to be the same route. West Virginia and Baylor. West Virginia 7-4, Baylor at a 3-8. At, at the beginning of the year, Tom, I don't think anyone would have expected that it would be roles reversed as far as coaches in the hot seat goes. Uh, West Virginia, assuming they win this game, Neil Brown gets eight wins with maybe the worst roster in the conference this year. And Baylor about to finish up with a three and nine season. Do does Baylor fire Dave Aranda? I don't think so. I think he's got one more year. And then if he does if he makes if he doesn't compete for the Big 12 next year in terms of like maybe top four, he's gone. Credit to uh, our sweet prince, Neil Brown, for making it another year and having a very decent season there with the Mountaineers. And it sounds Fox, like they want Jimbo Fisher, though. Oh, God. You don't the want fans him. want Jimbo Fisher. You don't want Jimbo. You don't want the Jimbo experience, West Virginia. Uh, I know he's one of their own and everything, but you, know, you don't want that. Um, KU taking on Cincinnati. Uh, man, KU could have beat K-State last week. Jason Bean was supposed to play. He did not. Um, but credit to to Ballard, this you know freshman walk on who's played very well the last couple of weeks. You know they couldn't get the job done in the fourth quarter. Stop running the ball with Devin Neal more. You know they they need to run the ball more with him than than they have been. Cincinnati's not very good here. Kansas, you, you win this one, you end the losing streak, you finish out the regular season eight and four. Still a, still a great year for the Jayhawks. Oh, I mean, they're going to get a decent bowl. And, and was the first time, if they win this game, I think, it'll be the first time their win total's been this high since Mangino was around. Yeah. I mean, I like them to do that. This is this should be easy for them. And, and I think quarterback room, probably the best in the Big 12, the way it looks. So there's a lot of things that could have went better for KU this year. Um, but still a lot of things that went right. Yeah, and uh, Jalen Daniels announced he's coming back next year, uh, taking a medical redshirt for the rest of this year, and then he'll be back next year for his super, super senior season. Uh, with the he, didn't, he didn't want to play for Lincoln Riley, huh? I don't blame him. I, I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a fraud that guy is. Uh, you think you think USC's got some buyer's remorse right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. I mean. Caleb Williams, great, uh, you know, for them. A lot of a lot of media attention on them. Uh, probably the most media attention on USC since maybe the Reggie Bush days. Yeah. Um, uh, so we'll see. 
And then Farmageddon, K-State taking on Iowa State. Iowa State, one of the biggest surprises in the league this year. A lot of people thought they would fold and uh, that this could be it for Matt Campbell uh, amid the gambling scandal and all that. But they've weathered the storm. They're 6-5. and five. The game is in Manhattan. K-State, 10-point uh, favorites here. Will Howard's playing good. That offense is clicking. Uh, I, I don't see K-State having any issues. If this game was in Ames, maybe a little different. But uh, at home in Manhattan on a Saturday night, I expect K-State to be just fine. Maybe some snow involved. That could uh, that could make some things pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, this, hopefully this game doesn't matter by the time we get there in terms of uh, Big 12, who's going to play who. Uh, because I, I, I'm sure the viewers or I'm sure the ratings people would love, uh, for the, for this game to, to end up like that because all eyes will be on in Manhattan if it, if it ends up the way I think, or at least my hot take thinks it will be. Right. Right. Um, let's talk a little big troll hoops real quick. Uh, and then we'll move on here. Tom got to bring this up. Let's start off with the uh, Jayhawks. The loss that they suffered to uh, Marquette, a little uh, scuffle there with Shaka, that fraud. Um, and then they bounced back and beat Tennessee. I know they expected to win the Maui Invitational, uh, but ultimately they come away with, you know, a, a third-place prize, two and one, and you get the Tennessee win, but you lose to Marquette. They were going to lose somebody at some point in time. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I know that, left the sour taste in their mouth for them not to win the Maui, but a loss to a top five team on a neutral site isn't the end of the world. I mean, that, that Kansas team's going to be fine. They've already beat Kentucky. Um, you know, I, yeah, they'll be fine. Beat Kentucky and, and Tennessee SEC champs. Right. So, I, I mean, I think you're fine overall. And, and for what it's worth, I mean, we talked about it before the show, the, the D Wade effect. How do you stop that? Right, every time Marquette has been a number one team ever, he's been in the building. Um, the other thing with Kansas, I'll say this real quick. You know, Hunter Dickinson looks as good as any player in the country. KJ Adams has been good. McCuller has been awesome. Um, you know, DeWan Harris is one of the top point guards in the country. Their top four positions, they're as good as any team in America. Uh, probably the best team in America, one through four. But they don't have much beyond that. Five and the rest of the bench, that's when when the team is lacking, and we saw that get exposed against Marquette. Uh, Houston, Tom, you and I talked last week and said, hey, this is a team that's, you know, was preseason top ten team. I think they're like the number two team in Ken Palm right now, six in the country. Um, But they had a weak-ass schedule for a non-con. And this is not up to snuff for what (laughs) Big 12 teams playing their non-con. Now we fast forward a couple of weeks you know, later. You did win the Shiners Children's Charleston Classic, which is the worst of those feast week tournaments, by the way. You beat Utah. You beat Dayton. I mean, that's cute. Um, but now we're about to really find out what Houston's all about. They get Xavier here in a couple of days. They get Texas A&M a week or so after that. Like, now, now I feel like I'm really about to find out what Houston's actually about. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're. I wouldn't say. I mean, 
you know, you win the games you're supposed to, so give them the credit for that. But, uh, you know, it's still yet to be seen in, in what capacity that how good this Houston team's going to be. Uh, you know what? We'll see it in, in, until they, I guess, until they falter. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then one more time I want to bring up Texas. They lost to UConn the other night. Uh, UConn looked stacked. They may even be better than what they were last year. Lost them by 10 at the Garden. Um, Max Acemas, former Oral Roberts star, took them to the tournament a couple of years ago, and you know he's been incredible. He's, he's off to kind of a slow start since joining the Longhorns so far this year. Um, had 10 points against UConn, 14 against Louisville. His best game was uh, a 19-point performance uh, that he had against Delaware State. That's a guy, Tom, you know, he's still getting acclimated. Uh, you know, once he gets going here, what do they say? Guards win in March. I'm looking out for Texas and Max A. Smith. That's a team that as we get closer to March and everything, I'd keep my eyes on because he's he's won big in March before. It's going to take him a little bit of time to adapt. But once he does, Texas is going to be a sneaky team to watch. Yeah, they are. And, and... – I mean, I think for the most part, the top, you know, maybe six, seven teams in the Big 12, or it's going to be, you know, again, like we say every year, it's just going to be, it's going to be a freaking gauntlet again. Um, and we've come to expect that. And that's what made this, you know, has made this league so strong. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, more to come. Stick around. <laughs> Joining us now on the program this week, old friend Uncle Joe is back with us, co-host of the Bevo Boys podcast, survivor of local news, and uh, he joins us right now. Joe Scanlon, always a, a pleasure, my friend. Welcome back to the program. How are we doing? Surviving local news. That is 100% accurate, Tyler. Doing good, though. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Always a pleasure. And uh, by the way, ran into you at the, uh, the Rangers parade a couple weeks ago. That was and- cool. Welcome back to uh, Texas. How about that for uh, everybody crowded the streets of Arlington to welcome you back? Uh, it, it was all for for Joe Scanlon. Yeah, and I, so I'm moving back to Arlington here, and uh, I was like at the I was at the I was there there for the uh, Texas Kansas State game, but you know I got there on Friday, and I had no idea the Rangers were going to win the World Series. So I was like, well, why not? When when are they going to do it again? And clearly, they didn't think they were ever going to win because that parade took forever. That oh parade- my gosh. I had a great time, but that parade kind of sucked. Uh, it was like one truck would come down and make the turn and go down, and then we'd be like, where's the next truck? Awful. Awful. It was clear Arlington doesn't know how to do it, but it was still fun. It was still a great time. It was a little bit of a hot day, but I was telling my buddy, I was like, man, I can't wait to move back to Arlington. I'm not going to see anyone I recognize, and I saw 10 people I recognized at that parade. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Like a small town there. Um, and the next time the Rangers win the World Series, let's move the parade to downtown Dallas. Let's get let's get out of the the small town Arlington. You know, ouch, dang. <laughs> Dallas didn't pay for that stadium. We did. Arlington people. <laughs> the 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 little man complex of Arlington. You had to even take the Renegades name and and, and be the Arlington Renegades, the, the world champions. By the way, look, I remember you know I used to do XFL stuff, and honestly, I've stopped. I don't like the new product at all. We don't need to get into that, but I'm the rock. That's all I got to say. The rock. (laughs) 
Uh, well, welcome back to the uh, the DFW area. Glad to have you back, man. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about something that I'm, I'm sure you're very excited about. That is your Texas Longhorns. Uh, just uh, one win away from clinching a spot in the Big 12 title game. And w- what a, a long road <laughs> journey this has been for Texas to get to this point. Pretty close to potentially getting a spot in the college football playoff as well. Joe, how does it feel to see where Texas is at now compared to just a couple of years ago when Suck arrived and they were only winning four games and losing to Kansas? Well, you didn't have to bring that up, Tyler, but uh, we were five and seven actually that year. Oh, okay. But, uh, it's it's good. It's good. It's good to see. I knew this was going to happen. I had a good feeling. This was gonna, you got to give the new coaches a few years. You got to give them a few years, get their people in the program, get their culture going, because that culture was toxic as hell when Tom Herman left that program. And so it's it's good to see it all pay off. It's good to see Sark. Sark, I was actually at the Iowa State game this past weekend, and uh, Sark looked so fired up to win his 10th game. First time ever. First time ever winning 10 games. So, Yeah, at any program. USC, yeah, Washington, USC, whatever. Washington, yep. I'm here. So... You know, what's interesting with Sark, um, I, I was talking to my buddy Thomas Bridges about this just a little while ago, and and we were saying, you know, it's so different with Sark and this UT program now. As an outsider, I'm used to hating um, Sam Allinger and Tom Herman <laughs> and Charlie Strong, and I can't really hate Sark at all. He's a quiet, humble guy. That's doing his things his way. He's not drawing a lot of attention to himself. Quinn Ewers isn't doing that either. They have taken a completely different approach and mindset that to what we've seen previously. I mean, even if you go back to Mac Brown, and I liked Mac Brown, but Mac was a talker, and Mac did draw attention to himself. This is not what Texas is doing at all. That's that's not the 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 who they are now and the way they're building this program is totally different than what we typically talk about with, with what goes on in Austin. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I like, it's not so much what it's not so much humble, but just show up, kick their ass and leave. And that's something my old uh, rival high school used to do to us in baseball. They would not talk shit at all. They'd get it. They get off the bus, they'd get in the dugout, they'd kick our butts and then they'd leave. And so I think that's kind of the mantra. That's the that's the culture Stark wants to build there. Although he did he did jaw a little bit because those refs were terrible at Iowa State. Like those were they were bad. And you see it five yards five five rows up from the fifty yard line. You see this and uh Tyler, I don't know what you think about the Big Twelve refs, but I think I think Texas and OU fans have a legitimate gripe on them this year. Because I've seen I know OU's gotten some calls uh, against them too, not not Appreciate called for them. Fishing has been pretty bad uh, in the Big 12 this year. The The way I look at it, though, Joe, I don't know if it's openly trying to take away from OU and Texas like their fans would like you to think. I think that it's just been bad officiating all around. That's like, cool. I mean, I've watched you know every Kansas game this year, and there's times I've looked at and I've said, they're not trying to screw us. They're just bad at their job. Gotcha. Hey, maybe that's the case. I haven't really watched a lot of like outside Big 12 games. Um, but I, I will say it was funny. We were walking into the stadium and we saw like a tweet. Brett Yormark, the humble, non-egotistical Big 12 commissioner, was at Iowa State. And so we were yelling, Brett, get off the phone. Stop talking to the refs, man. So he's going to be in Austin, too, this weekend. He's going to be in Austin. So You're not as Red Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Is he didn't even go to tech, did he? 
No, no, no. He just said that uh, he'd be rooting for them to get the job done. Said that before the season. What a nice non-biased commissioner we have there. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to leave. But uh, but yeah, no. Back to Stark. I mean, he. It's just it's he. It's such a feel-good story. It's a feel-good story because you look at what he did at Washington. He turned that program around, and then Chris Peterson took him to higher levels. He goes to USC. He has an alcohol problem. Goes to rehab. Takes care of it. Nick Saban hires him on, and now look at him. He's winning 10 games. Like, I don't know. It's like a Disney movie almost. Well, even then, like, it wasn't all, you know, uh, rainbows. You know, he he goes to the NFL, uh, replaces uh, Kyle Shanahan as the Falcons offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. I remember. That was a disaster. Yeah. Some guys just can't coach the NFL. Nick Saban couldn't. Nick Saban in Miami? Yeah. So... You yeah, gotta find your niche. You got to find your niche, and some of those those. Hey, honestly, I wouldn't mind being a, a Hall of Fame college coach. To be honest, not saying Sark is yet, but like Nick Saban, first ballot Hall of Famer, easily. There, there's your take right there, Nick Saban, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know that's a really hot take. I know hot I take, know. screeching hot take right there. <laughs> um, with that said, you when when you look at this Texas team. Going into this week uh, against Texas Tech, what 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 is your confidence level of finishing the job and, and, and getting that number one seed going into the Big 12 title game? So this team feels different than past teams, but the last few years, there's always been one game they shouldn't lose that they do. I want to say it was the Oklahoma game this year because I always count Oklahoma as a, just a win or loss, and then there's another game. So it's usually like two lot, and then maybe so on and so forth some more, but so they, they they lose to Oklahoma. They probably shouldn't have lost to Oklahoma. Quinn played terrible in that first quarter, so I don't know, man. I I Texas would come out on fire, but it is in Austin. It is at night in Austin, which is better than at night in Lubbock. So I I think it's gonna be a close game, but I think they get the job done. They go eleven and one. We celebrate and we go to the Big Twelve title game next week. Yeah, and from there, then your potential, you're most likely playing Oklahoma State, could play K State or Oklahoma. Outside chance of that. How are you feeling about those uh, those potential matchups? Who's the team that you would want to see the most of those three? If we want to make the playoff, Oklahoma. We got to got to get the like what they did to us in 2018. They got their revenge and made the playoff. If we play Oklahoma State though, you get and we win, we get scoreboard over every. Big 12 team other than OU because we're both going to the SEC. So, like, to go have scoreboard over every team when your last game against every Big 12 team would be just a, just a cherry on top of uh, the Sunday of bullshit that the Big 12 is. Um, Joe, I have this, this feeling uh, that Texas is going to get screwed by the committee. That if – Oh, yeah. If Alabama wins out and beats Georgia in the SEC title game, I'm not advocating for this at all. Let me be clear. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got you. But I have a sneaky suspicion that the committee is going to jump Alabama ahead of Texas and, and screw the horns over here. Well, if they ever want any respect from any college football fan ever again, they won't do that because it, everyone, I think even non-Texas fans will be like, they beat Alabama. How are you jumping them? How are you jumping them right now? Because Alabama, they struggled that game. They struggled against USF too. So you know, Texas has won a couple close games, but the talent level was a lot better than some of the teams that Alabama has played. So I don't know how you could reasonably, unless they kick the shit out of Georgia in the Big Twelve title game, 
I mean the SEC title game. If they do that, fine. Give them give it to fine. I mean, I I could see it, but I still don't think I still think it head to head matters. Doesn't matter if it's September, November, head to head matters. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like that this was a neutral site, close 50 50 nope. game in you Tuscaloosa. Put up 10 points on the road. A feat that what have happened one time in 60 something games? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You don't, you, and that like they took care of business. Like it was, it was not like it was close for that one point, but they pulled away. They didn't just squeak by them like, like they did in Austin the year before game winning field goal. So. I don't know, man. I I, I really th- I really hope the community doesn't do that, but we need other stuff to happen too. We need uh, Michigan to get killed by Ohio State. Excuse me, I'm tired. We we need Washington. I, I think Washington's going to make it. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be Washington in the Pac-12. Um, and we need Florida State to lose to Florida or Louisville. And if that happens, then I think Texas squeaks in. Now. Let, let's here's an, another scenario here. Let's take Alabama out of the equation. Let's say they lose to Georgia. And what if it's down to a Pac-12 champion Oregon and a Pac-12 champion Texas? I know that the committee as of late has really liked that Oregon team. And that would include at that point a win over Washington, avenging their one loss. But all the analytics and metrics, Joe, Say Texas is better than Oregon. It's not even close here. How do you think the Longhorns compare to Oregon if it comes down to those two? Well, I think strength of schedule needs to really be taken into consideration because Oregon plays. You know, they play cupcakes. They, they, you know, Washington wasn't a cupcake. That was a good game. And so if they get that revenge, that'll be good for them. But uh, I need to go to bed. But um, you know, so if Washington gets, if Oregon gets that win over Washington. Then you gotta look at straight the schedule. You gotta look at who these teams beat. How many top twenty-five te- wins do they have? I know Texas has at least like seven. So, because Bam, let's see. Let me look at the top twelve here because I'm pretty sure they have seven. It's uh da 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 da. Because you know when you think about it, top twenty-five. Even though some of these top twenty-five uh, teams aren't uh, aren't pretty good, you still got you know they're still ranked, still top twenty-five in the nation. I mean. Because so, let's see, Texas has, they beat Bama, that's one. Oh, 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 dang. Well, I guess everyone dropped out. Oops, that's not good. Kansas State, that's two. Well, I guess everyone, well, when they when they played them, they were in top 25. So, uh, dang it, everyone's losing. That's that's not, that's yeah, not good for Texas. Kansas was the top 25 team. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that's got to count for something because, you know, teams fall off, but how you played somebody, I think, should go into a factor of hey, they were this good back then. Yeah, you know, I agree. It work out like like I think Colorado is a great example of huh. that's a team that if you beat them early in the year, like Oregon did, for example, that's a whole lot more valuable, I think, than a win over Colorado now. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure, because yeah, Colorado now. Well, Colorado, they came out of nowhere. And I think I think Prime used that used the element of surprise. No one knew what was gonna happen with Colorado. And he run rode that to were they three though? Yeah. So and now after the after that after Shadiru was selling his merch at halftime against Stanford, I was like, Oh no. Oh no. 
that they lose there, and now they've just gone downhill. I don't think they're not going to make a bowl game now. Actually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're not bowl eligible. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. They started three and zero. They needed three wins. They couldn't get it. Um, Quinn Ewers. Let me ask you about him. Uh, oh, we heard that uh, from Pete Thamel that very good chance he's coming back next year. What's uh, what's the feeling there? Are you glad that Quinn is coming back, or were you ready for uh, for Arch to take over? I feel, I think Quinn did need to come back for his NFL potential. I feel sad because Malik's going to transfer. Malik is one hundred percent transferring. I don't think Arch will transfer. I really don't. I think he's a Manning. He'll he'll still get the team for three years, and or hell, he might need just one or two. He wins the Heisman, but um, but it's going to be sad because Malik's going to transfer for sure. And he, I think he was he was a lot better than what he showed. He didn't get a lot of playing time, you know. So uh, we'll just we'll just gotta see because Quinn Quinn's got an arm. Actually, though, I think he's still hurt. He, he threw a screen pass at Iowa State that was like level with us. That ball said like just died. It was like a four yard pass and it died. He just didn't look like he had the same kind of oomph on it like he normally does. So I think Quinn still I think Quinn does need to come back and pray doesn't hurt his AC joint again. But yeah. I, just, I don't know. I just Quinn Quinn's good, he's good. But when he's bad, he makes terrible decisions. Like the first quarter of the OU game. That second play, I was like, are you kidding me? You threw it to three OU people? Are you kidding me, dude? So, we'll see. I mean, I think he will come back, and I think Malik does transfer, and I don't think Arch leaves. Everyone's saying Arch is going to leave. I don't think so. I think the Mannings are smart. You know, there's one possibility that uh, that I was thinking about as far as Quinn goes. I know that they're saying there's about a 90% chance he stays and all that. But if he plays great, and they win the Big 12 and get to the playoff and get to the national championship, and he's playing lights out, at that point, what's the incentive for him to stay at that point? I mean, you might have all the tape and everything you need to be that first-round pick and take Texas to a national title. I I, I think that's still a possibility out there. I'll tell you this, and, I, you know, it, everything looks different when you're watching live, especially from five yards up. That was incredible seats. That was awesome. I love that. But – um. His feet are still happy. He's still thrown off his back foot. He's his mechanics are still raw. And now it's it, it's curious because it's like he was the number one rated quarterback of all time coming out of high school. You would think he would have learned by now, but no. And I don't know if it's because the line the line didn't play too bad, but you, you can tell he still needs work done. So can an NFL team do it? Yeah, an NFL team could teach him stuff, but does he want it, like? To be fair, he's from South Lake. He doesn't need the money, but uh, that's a dig at South Lake. Sorry, but uh, uh, you know, any player wants to get you know their worth, and I think he can be a first round draft pick. I don't think he is right now, though. I mean, I'll be honest. I like him better right now than I did Anthony Richardson at this point last year. Oh wow, yeah, that was interesting how he got drafted. What fourth, right? Fourth overall. Yeah, yeah. and he played fine as a rookie till he got hurt too. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. So honestly, at this point, the drafts kind of become just a shit show, honestly, because you know you have your your typical number one picks, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, uh, those guys. But then you get like Anthony Richards. I had no idea. I thought he was going second round. I really did. But so Quinn Quinn could throw caution to the wind and see if a team will pick him up. 
early on in the first round or, you know, whatever. I don't know how the money works out for first round picks, but um, second round picks and whatnot. But, uh, but I don't know if he wants to perfect his skills, I'd say come back another year. It's going to hurt. Like I said, because Malik is really good and he's going to go torch it somewhere else. And that's going to suck. We think he might go to UCLA. Actually, he's from California. UCLA is going to need quarterback. I don't know how he fits in with Chip Kelly's scheme, but well, Chip's about to get fired, so I don't know about well, okay. that. Okay, well, well, never mind. <laughs> uh, maybe he wants to go play for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, yeah, sure. You, oh, you gotta be so happy as an OU fan. Grinch got fired. I was like, finally, dude. <laughs> like that. That he honestly, like in this way, don't hire your friends, man. This is what happened to Tom Herman. He hired Todd Orlando and Tim Beck. And they hired Mike Yersich, and they all sucked. But they were his friends, so he hired them. No, you can't. You can't do that, man. If you want to be a winning program, you can't do that. And honestly, I think Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln got. He was the product of a couple of good transfer quarterbacks. Oh, without question. Yeah, it's starting to. Or yeah, what three? And right? the foundations yeah. that was built by Bob Stoops. Yeah, because yeah, he came in. Baker came in right on the heels of Stoops, right? Yeah, Baker played a year under Stoops. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it was then it was Kyler, then it was Jalen, both yeah. for a year. So yeah, no, I think I think Lincoln lucked into he lucked into it, and you know, good for him. He's getting paid millions of dollars at USC now, but if he doesn't turn around, man, I don't know. And Caleb Williams, man, he, he apparently he's a bigger asshole than all Baker, Kyler, and J- well, Jalen wasn't an asshole, but Baker and Kyler, you know, they were known for having two. It's apparently Caleb's worse from what I've heard. So. Yeah, hate to see it. Hate to see it. Crying to mommy and painting the fingernails and all that. Oh God, the the crying in the stands that killed me. That absolutely killed me because it was it wasn't even his first loss. Like Kyler losing for the first time ever in his like life at OU, uh, the Red River twenty eighteen. I get maybe crying a little bit, but like he, at least he did it in private. Right. Caleb's sitting there. Like, come on, man. It's a uh, game. The game, have some fun. How you feeling about uh Texas and their move to SC- the SEC right now? Or do, or do they look SEC ready to you? Some days, yes. Some days, no. They look good against Alabama. I thought they could. They can hang with. I think they can hang with pretty much any SEC team. I think they'll have you know the obvious trouble with Georgia, with Bama, with LSU. Unless LSU gets worse, but uh, I think they, I think they're going to hold their own. I think OU is too. I really, I really do. I, and now I, you know, I hate to give OU credit, you know, being a Texas fan, but I really think people are overplaying this whole "you're going to make it in the SEC" because I'm looking at Mississippi State, Arkansas, Missouri's actually having a decent year. So is Ole Miss, Florida. Like, name a name name a better team than Alabama, Georgia, and. I don't think LSU's doing that good this year. I'm, I think they have, like, what, three or four losses? Oh, uh, yeah. So, the the thing for me that I think is going to be difficult for Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC is just the week-to-week grind. I mean, you look at it now, there's weeks where Oklahoma and Texas are playing right now. Teams like, you know, the Houston. BYU. The, BYU. BYU's, um, you know, of the world. And now they're going to be going from, all right, we got Alabama one week, Ole Miss the next, Georgia the next, even South Carolina, you know I mean? Like that to me, I think it's what's going to be the adjustment. But 
I mean, to the same extent, Joe, SEC teams are also going to have to adjust as well. Their schedules got a whole lot tougher now adding Oklahoma and Texas to the equation too. And I think one thing that's going to help, at least Texas, I don't know, the, the, the saying has been everyone's we're everyone's Super Bowl. SEC ain't going to care. A&M will care. That's about it, though. The SEC isn't going to call it a Super Bowl. So those teams like Arkansas, Mississippi State aren't going to – like, they'll come out to play, but it's not like Tech's going to come out and play uh, Friday night, you know, where it's like we have to beat them. We have to beat them. We're talking shit about them in their media. We have to beat them. Iowa State's offensive lineman was talking crap, too, and then he got destroyed. That was hilarious to watch, actually, live. But but so, I, I don't know. Maybe it's egotistical as a Texas fan to say, but it had, it does feel like even the shitty teams have come out and given us their best game. And I don't think that's going to happen in the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, at this time next year, we're going to be getting ready for a Thanksgiving game against A&M. And they're going to feel be on th- It better be on Thanksgiving, that's for sure. And they're going to feel right again to, to get back to that series. And, and I, I know that there's been a lot of bad blood and everything, but just to have that again, like what we witnessed the last 15 years of, all right, we're playing Tech this year, or TCU one year, it never felt the same. No, it, it was always Texas, Texas A&M on Thanksgiving. And I tell you what, that's going to be the game circle on the Texas schedule. I, they could go three and nine for all I care, but they better be A&M first game back on Thanksgiving. Because if they do that, then AM has nothing to talk about ever. They will never be able to talk again. Because, but if they do win, they're going to be like, oh, we didn't, this is why we didn't want to play y'all. We were going to beat you anyway. So, because Aggies are stupid. So, most of you UT people uh, hate AM and it's, it's like A&M. for AM and it's respect for OU kind of, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I respect OU. I mean, I'll talk shit to them before the game, but after the game, I'm like, all right, you want a beer? All right, sure, man. Yeah, let's go. Because, like, that most OU fans are polite. You know, the shit talk before the game, respect after the game. Because usually it's a good game, you know? So, but A&M fans, they're just idiots, man. They're idiots. <laughs> well, and, and OU in Texas uh... – are forever business partners now with this move. Like they they holding hand to hand with this move together. Yeah, I want to talk about that real quick. Why is everyone blaming us? Because OU's walking, OU's kind of like just like sneaking out the door and everyone's like walking, watching Texas go out there. Oh, Texas, why are you leaving? And OU's like, yeah, we're also leaving, guys. See you later. Like, so, I don't know. Have you said it? Has it felt is, like that? Has it I've felt had, like that to you? Absolutely, it has. And I'll say this the kind of the ins and outs of the business here that 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 you and I get that most people don't realize what's going on the the OU PR media machine worked all this out mas- masterfully they got Texas to take the blame for uh the SEC move and they got OSU to take the blame for ending bedlam when they were just as much at blame for the SEC move and it was all their fault for ending Bedlam. Oklahoma State had nothing to do with that. That was all an OU. And really? Oh, my God. Your PR <laughs> machine was able to blame their rivals for it. Well, maybe then karma hit them in the butt because, I mean, losing the last Bedlam, that's not great. Oh, that was talk fun. To, talk to AM. Talk to AM. I mean, they, they lost the last one to us 10, what, 2011, 12 years ago? They, we, haven't let them, we haven't let them hear the end of it since. So, but yeah, it was a good game. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, that was a good game. And it sucks, though, because, like, with these moves and stuff, these rivalries are going away. Like, Bedlam was always a good game. Uh, 
try to get some other ones from other conferences. You know, what's interesting about that, I, I was talking to T- Tim Barreto about this a while back. To an extent, yes, it sucks that a game like Bedlam is going away. But as a consumer, would I rather watch Oregon play Oregon State or Oregon play Ohio State? And I'll take Oregon versus Ohio State. Every yeah, day. no, okay, that's fair. Now, if this game's good on Friday, they play on Friday. Yeah, they play on Friday night. If this game's good, you know, Oregon State beats Oregon. Because let me tell you, man, Oregon State and Washington State have been the two teams that have gotten screwed the most out of all of these moves. The Pac-2 now. And so, and they've, they've come out and played this year. I'm pretty sure they have decent records. Not going to help them, you know, but. Yeah, Washington it's... State's like five and six, and Oregon State's lost two games, like two or three games, yeah. Oh, okay. I about to say Oregon State more than Washington State. But, yeah, I know. Uh, dang, okay. Well, I guess Washington record since we did their uh, criminal stuff. Okay. But, yeah, no. So, Washington, yeah, Washington's undefeated. Oregon State, yeah, they're 8-3. and three. They're 5-3 and three in the conference. So, yeah, Washington State's 2-6. and six. Okay, so not so much Washington State. But Oregon State, you know, they're like, we're still here. We're still playing. They could, It's a rivalry game. They could come out and kick Oregon's butt. They probably won't. But that'd be nice if they do. On the uh, on the A and M front of their coaching search, I, I subscribe to the theory, Joe, that they got rid of Jimbo solely about Texas to to compete with. It was about competing with UT. UT coming in the league, they didn't want to have Texas come into the league and they'd be stuck with Jimbo. I I agree because you can't have the number one recruited class and then go what were they four and something eight and something seven and something. They've won six games. Yeah. Yeah. They're six. They're what? Six they're and four. Yeah. Six and five. You said they're six and five right now? Yeah. No. Six you can't. Four, yeah. Six and four. You can't have that. You can't have that. You can't do that. Like, so that's why. And it, it cost them a pretty penny. That's for sure. And honestly, it might screw them because, you know, like we saw with Sark the first year, not always the best. Sonny Dykes is the example because he got lucky. I think that was a flash to the pan because look at TCU now. So, but, um, so I don't know. I mean, I get, I, I think they were going for the long run, but yeah, you had to get rid of Jimbo. I'm sorry. There's just no way. Now Jimbo's going to take his money to the bank and go retire in Arizona, which I would too, but yeah. Last question. We'll end on this. Um, right. what are you going to miss most about the Longhorn network? Oh, their Longhorn, Longhorn game days, bro. It was like ESPN game day, but like rowdier. Like they're taking shots, they're throwing stuff at the crowd. Like they're they're a bunch of good guys, Fozzie and uh, uh, I forgot who else on there. Oh, Galindo. Oh, Galindo. Yeah, and uh, oh gosh, a couple guys from the championship team. But it, it it was great. It was great, and so sucks. And I'm so sick of people like, oh, no Longhorn network. I'm like, they wanted a Big 12 network. You know that, right? And then the Big 12 was like, no. And so the Longhorns were like, okay, well, we want our network. So there could have had a Big 12. It could have been a Big 12 network, just like the ACC, just like the SEC. And then they went to A&M and said, like, let's do the Lone Star network. And A&M said, no, no thanks. Yeah, so they had their chances. They had their chances. So I'm sorry that we made a business decision and uh, it'll be sad to see it go. Where else are you going to watch the 05 Rose Bowl now? Uh, YouTube. <laughs> On repeat. Uh, how many times a year you watch that? Uh, Probably three. <laughs> they'll, they'll play it before football season. They'll play it like in the middle of winter, and then they'll play it in the summer. So, But no, no more. He's going to the corner. He's got it. He's got it.
fourth and five, the national championship. Oh, man, I man, I miss him. That was a great call. <laughs> uh, Joe, <sighs> time, man. Uh, excited to have you back here in uh, the great state of Texas. Best of luck to your Longhorns. Um, we'll see if horns down is going to be a penalty in the SEC or not. But uh, it's so funny because people think we're pissed about that. We're like, no, please. I mean, like, we don't care. You guys just do it. Okay, cool. And people buy merch and turn it upside down. And we're like, you just gave money to the university. You know that, right? So, ah, people are stupid. But, yeah, I'm excited to be back in Texas. Nebraska sucks. That's what I'll say about that. And, uh, yeah, never come back here. <laughs> Joe, uh, we'll talk again down the Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Final segment before we go, it's our Tom Fullery story of the week. Thomas Bridges is standing by with something ridiculous happening in the world. Tom, what are we going to now? Jones, we are going. Let's see where we're going. We're going to the great state of Indiana. Back home um, again in Indiana. And this is from Golf Week. High school golfer Happy Gilmore, in parentheses, no really, officially signs with Ball State. The tagline got me here, Jones, because his real name's not Happy, but we'll, we'll continue. Bloomington South senior Happy Gilmore was destined to have success on a golf course. Yes, that's his real name. And on Wednesday, he signed his national letter of intent to play D1 golf at Ball State. His real first name is Landon, but he started going by Happy as a nickname when he was about six and started playing in golf tournaments. As a junior, Gilmore finished tied seventh at the Indiana High School Boys Golf State Tournament, shooting even par over 36 holes at Prairie View Golf Club. He won his regional the week before at County Country Oaks in Montgomery. Rumors are even Shooter McGavin is worried about when Happy gets to the tour. Um, Ball State men's golf posted, Happy has found his home. They used the Happy Gilmore font and posted a picture of him. Safe to say, Chubbs is proud. <laughs> Jones, in a, a sport uh, like golf, where there's not... Okay, I mean, you have... There's not a whole lot of personalities in college golf. Now, in, in PGA Tour and, and, uh, and Live Now, lots of personalities... And and to be fair and to be honest, we've seen, I think, and at least in my opinion, the golf has gotten better than it was in terms of play. But what has really put golf on the map, in my opinion, has really been the personalities. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, without some of these personalities, uh, you know, we're not going to see it. You know, you have um, – I say that, and I just put myself on the spotlight. What's his name that wears the the weird hat and the plaid? Oh, Bryce DeChambeau. Yeah, DeChambeau personality. Rory was kind of a personality, but more of kind of like a stick in the mud. Uh, you're seeing. I mean, you have. I mean, Brooks Koepka really came out of his shell. Finally, yeah, like long overdue. Um, and then you know you have Ricky Fowler. Right, who is Tiger and Phil have always been personalities. Right, I mean we see these and they, and they make they almost to me it, it feels like golf is getting those personalities in the same way that 
you know, NASCAR drivers have had personalities and they gain fans like that. And so for college golf to have this guy, granted, he's not, I don't know how big of a, a golf school ball state is, but he finishes seventh in the, um, you know, in the high school finals or whatever you want to call it of Indiana, which is probably a better golfer than I'll ever be. I'll, I've never finished par, let alone through 36 holes. Um, so credit to him for that. But is, is Happy Gilmore at Ball State the one that puts call, men's college golf more so on the map? Are you, are you buying Ball State men's golf? I'm here for it. Uh, I'm definitely here for the NIL deals. He's got to get an NIL deal, Tom, with Subway. He, yeah, I, I wonder, and I'll have to look more into it. There have had to have been people already calling, you know, now is using a, a prior movie. Is it that inventive? Like, you know, they didn't name him happy, but obviously if you think about it, his parents, let's say the kid's 18. When did Happy Gilmore come out? Happy Gilmore came out in like '96. Okay, so yeah, his his parents were old enough and probably watched that movie. I'd like to see if his dad's like a big golf head, and and just already knowing when that movie comes out, his dad's last name is Gilmore. He seen Adam Sandler play in that movie, and and honestly, really Adam Sandler's prime that that run of uh, what is it? Eight Crazy Nights, uh, Mr. Deeds, Fifty First Dates, Happy Billy Madison, yeah, yeah, that, uh, uh, Big Daddy. That yeah. run of movies for Adam Sandler is is legendary. So his dad's probably, you know, getting ready. His dad was probably his age now when Happy Gilmore came out. Thought it would be probably fucking hilarious to name his kid Happy. His wife said no. They named him Landon. And then when he was old enough and took an entrance in golf, his dad had his one shining moment. By the way, uh, Landon is a stupid name, by the way. like I don't know. The only cool Landon I know is my is my like third or my second cousin who's uh, maybe he's in high school in Texas, but he's a pretty cool kid. Other than that, I don't know any cool Landons. If you're going by Landon, you're asking to get bullied. Or you're 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 like the lame bully, like the one that you bully people, but you're not even cool. Right. I could see that. So this kid, and honestly, the picture of him, Jones, he he he's got the short hair in the front, he's got the bullet with the hat on. He looks like he was probably he looks like he could be playing Arkansas golf if you get my drift. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I'm him and having that shtick, I'm smoking a cigarette on hole one. Oh, yeah. I uh, mean, you get this kind of attention. You have to run with it at that point. You have to. Well, and then I know that it might not be the most popular thing to go to a college golf event uh you know to support your school whatever but i would be doing what i could to get my friends to invite their friends to come to my tournaments and start chanting happy oh can you imagine right 
Um, and you got to think, I don't know, there's probably not a database for this, but what if, what if there was like a kid out there with the last name? I mean, to be fair, I've met people with the last name of Gilmore before, but I've never met someone with the last name McGavin. Yeah, I haven't either. And I can't, I can't even, I don't even know anybody famous with the last name McGavin. Yeah. He so needs, if there is, he's, he better be playing golf. Yes. We need a shootout for the tour championship between Happy Gilmore and Shooter McGavin. Like, I, I wonder if there is a college golfer out there with McGavin and they've joked about it before. Hopefully, this kid, like, is pretty good. I'm, I mean, I'll be rooting for him. Like, I want this kid to win. I mean, how quickly do you think he got that nickname of going by Happy, of with the last name Gilmore and then playing golf? Like, was that immediately day one of college golf? Like, oh, we're calling you Happy. I mean, he was six years old when he took up golf, which is probably, you know, about the time for some of these kids to take up golf or at least start, you know, at least going to the range with their dad and stuff. That's probably about the time that I would assume that that would happen. Like you go to the range with your dad and, you know, you, you're six years old and like golf because you've been at the cart with your dad. You start riding around hitting golf balls for fun or the little practice balls. You know, and then your dad says, you know what, we'll get you a set of kids' clubs. And, well, he's hitting the ball pretty well. And then you're like, you know what, it's time to give you the nickname Happy. Right. Do you think they call his dad Chubb? <laughs> I don't know. As long as his wife doesn't call him Chubb, I think he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, gosh, that's that's good. Happy Gilmore. There's, there's no alligators in Indiana, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, don't be knocking off uh, Dad out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take, Tom. I think that Happy Gilmore is a better movie than Caddyshack. Uh, I agree. I would I say Happy I Gilmore. Murray, but... Happy Gilmore is the greatest golf movie of all time. I agree. I'm not going to argue with you there. I mean, I love Bill Murray, but you know, uh, Happy Gilmore's uh, is all time, right? It's all time movie. That's we haven't talked about golf in a while. Yeah. Um you golfer. We probably haven't talked about golf since since the majors came to Tulsa. Since the majors, yeah. Um I uh I keep up with golf. I keep up with uh Spage, with a uh, Paige Sporadic's Instagram. I bet you do. Late at night and yeah. <laughs> Get your fix. <laughs> <laughs> I keep up with I like Victor Hovland has played well of recent. I like keeping up with him. Paige says uh she says they're real. Do you believe that? Um I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. 
I, I like that she's not, you know, she embraces that personality, and that's fair. She wants that personality. I think she's got it. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, the AT&T girl. Oh, granted, well. I, I do believe she is lesbian. Really? I believe so, which I have no qualms about. Um, you know, do whatever you want to do. But, I don't know anything about her. Tell me more. But she got flack because she's, I mean, she's got a, she, this sounds so bad. I don't give a shit who's listening. She's got a fucking set of tits on her. Um, <laughs> like, she really does. I mean, I'd like to, I mean, that sounds so bad. One of these days it's going to come back. They're like, is, I'm going to like an interview for something one day and they're going to be like, is this you? They're going to play the clip and it's going to be like, yeah, I don't even care who's listening. She's got a set of tits on her. And I'm going to have to say, yeah, she does. I'm going to have an interview with AT&T one of these days. And they're going to be like, is this you? And I'm going to be like, yeah. Do you, you not said agree? this about Lily? And I'm going to be like, do you not agree? And I'm going to look at them right in the eye and they're going to be like, it, I'm just, it's facts, man. Like, congrats to her. I mean, if that's what she wants, you know. If she doesn't, then I'm sure she makes enough off those commercials to have a breast reduction if she so chooses. I'm just, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm making a, a clear observation here. Um, but she was roasting people, not like uh, she was hammering people talking about her boobs and almost in the same way that Aaron Andrews was giving people a death glare for talking about that video, which is in Aaron Andrews case, way worse than people talking about like, uh, you know, Lily on AT&T commercials. Oh, speaking of Aaron Andrews, um, we didn't bring this up. Let's, uh, I, I got to ask you the whole Aaron Andrews, Carissa Thompson thing about, uh, Carissa saying that she, uh, she made up information for sideline reports and all that, and, and everybody getting in a hissy fit uh, about that whole situation. Tom, I what she did, I, I, I thought it was wrong, but like to just put her, you know, the way that she they made her out to be the sacrificial lamb and everything, and this meme on the internet, I, I thought things went a bit too far on that. Like she made a mistake. It was 15 years ago. Life goes on. Yeah, and then people coming after for that, like, I get it, like, what it does, because it already enforces a stereotype. Like, we, we all did stuff we regretted 15 years ago. Right. I mean, her admitting it is one thing. The people coming after her that are like, you know what this does? This only enhances the stereotype that only hot women get these sideline reporter gig jobs, which you've never seen an ugly woman. Uh, I mean, Holly Rose floating the line there. She's just getting close. But you never seen an ugly woman on the sideline. Uh, I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, you can come after me if you want. But, I mean, you talk about men on the sideline. I tell you what, Booker McFarland's not the best-looking son bitch in the world. I can tell you that. Um, you know, he's he's got a he's got a face more for radio. Um, along Remember, with uh, the other ones. Remember Tony Siragusa? Yeah, I was about to say, said the goose. I mean, I, you know, that men and women. I mean, more attractive people get the better end of the deal at the end of the day. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you got a, a big set of titties like Lily or 
if you're just got a jawline that could, you know, that, that looks like marble. Um, better looking people get the better TV jobs. That's just how it is. That's how it will always be. And you know what? For a viewer out there, I don't mind. But speaking of the Lily thing, she was roasting people like, you know, talking about like people talking about her titties and everything like that. Well, then, like, now, out and about, like, like she's always, like, covered up, which I, you know, that's her, you know, fine. People sexualizing her and doing all that, that's probably not the best thing in the world, but you're on TV and you make a shit ton of money. That isn't, I'm not justifying it, but, like, I might, like I said, I might get flack, but observation is an observation. And uh, I don't even know how we got on her, to be honest, now that I'm talking about it. Hey, well, it started with Paige. Oh, Paige Veronic, yeah. yeah. See, Lily, Lily could be out there selling fucking hella AT&T if she just put them on deck like Paige Veronic. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you there's golfers out there that would, if they got the meet and greet Paige, Paige, and she was like, hey, you can sign my titties if you buy this $2,500 set, $2, set of golf clubs that wasn't worth the shit. You know, those Wilson clubs would go, they would be the top golf club in the nation. Bad. Um, you got to know your audience, and obviously Paige knows hers. She does. Uh, Lily, you haven't convinced me yet to sign up for at and I'm still a U.S. Cellular customer, but I can't be bought. U.S. Cellular doesn't really have a spokesperson, I don't think. No. I mean, T-Mobile and Verizon had that annoying-ass nerd. Yeah, he he was with Sprint for a minute, too. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah he's he's cheating on everybody. He was like T-Mobile guy, Verizon guy. I haven't seen him in a while. Thank God. Um, kind of like uh, Allstate has what's his name, the annoying-ass guy that wrecks into your car. Oh, the mayhem guy. Yeah, he's annoying. Uh, the Lemu Emu Liberty Mutual. Now you got Mahomes and Maato. At least you know they've. I'll tell you what, State Farm is leagues above the others for creativity because they, you know, they first in went to the discount double check, which is very original in my eyes. I mean, you have other people do it, putting on the belt for the discount double check, and then you, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of falls off and he's not the spokesperson and then boom you know what you've got Mahomes and my auto now which I thought that you know why why my auto you know why not uh Kelsey how much you can save I mean that was that was brilliant <laughs> um the Jake from State Farm I'll tell you a funny story before I'm done going on tangents here when, when Jake from State Farm uh, all of a sudden was black like out of nowhere so this has been like a couple months ago. I think I still live in Oklahoma at the time. I got a text and I always get these calls and these text messages asking for Mia. And I'm like, this, this has been like a five year, six year, seven year deal or people are like, hi, is Mia there? And the funny thing about it, I want to say the person, the Mia girl, the, her last name that they reference is Mia ham. I'm like, no, she's probably out there kicking a fucking soccer ball. Like, huh. this is not Mia Ham. Like, I'm like, they're like, is Mia there? And I was like, for the last time, this is not Mia. I'll get the Branson people calling me. Hey, uh, we're looking for Mia. Mia, you just want a, a five-night, six-night stay at the 
at the freaking mega church out here in Branson. You can go see the Passion of Christ live, and you can ride the ducks for free. <laughs> need to pay, just need to pay the taxes. On I don't know this. if you want to be riding the ducks. Uh, we heard about what happened last time at Branson. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they've taken quite the hit, but um, and I'm like, me is not here, so. Uh, a car insurance person shot me a text said hey this is uh you know let's say hi this is kyle from state farm uh we're, we're looking for mia shot me a text and i sent him back what are you wearing carl from or kyle from state farm and he goes sends me back a text almost immediately dot 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 uh khakis and i was like what a good i was like what a good sport that is good. and i couldn't even i couldn't even mean i was like i was like kyle man this my name's actually Thomas. Like me is not here, but thank you for being good sport, and I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And he texts me back. He's like, "Well, Thomas from Oklahoma." He's like, "If you ever need insurance, you know who to call." <laughs> you know, I, I like to think that he probably cracked up and just waits for those. What are you wearing? Text or jokes? Oh, I'm sure he gets all the time. Yeah. Gosh, that's good. On that note, we got to go. Um, big thanks to everybody for joining us on today's show. Uh, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every week. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Social media at Tyler Jones Live on uh, Twitter, formerly, I, I guess, known as X now. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Jones underscore report, Thomas underscore Bridges on X. Insta Thomas on Instagram. You can find us there. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. For Thomas Bridges, our entire crew of Tyler Jones saying so long. It's been another edition of the Jones Sport. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us, everybody.